Welcome to the podcast, Meet My Potential, where Deepa chats with leaders around the world once a week or simply shares her insights. This podcast is for those who aspire to meet their highest inner potential. Each episode brings you one simple tool that you can apply at work or in life. Hello and welcome to this podcast on mental health. Today we have with us James Rutledge. I hope I pronounced your name well, James. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So we're here to talk about mental health and James is the founder of Sanctus. Welcome, James. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So tell us what is mental health? What is mental health? God, I, I've, I've been thinking about that one. I mean, to be honest, I, I wouldn't say, I've, you know, the, I think the definition of mental health is is kind of out there for for all to see, you know, to me anyway, it's, it's kind of your state of being, I suppose, not just well-being, but your state of being, your emotions, feelings, thoughts, identity. Um, to me, at least that's, that's kind of all wrapped up in, in mental health. And I know it's kind of, if you want like the, you know, the World Health Organization or Google <laughs> defines uh-huh. it as your um, state of emotional and psychological well-being. You know, I think that's, I think there's a bit more wrapped up to it than that. I'd say the, the main thing that, you know, personally and through Sanctus that I suppose we kind of disagree with is, isn't the, isn't Google's definition of mental health. It's not the World Health Organization's definition of mental health. It's, it's more this perception or uh-huh. people's perceived definition of mental health that mental health just means mental illness or mental health issues. And, you know, I don't believe that's the case. Mental health is all encompassing this full kind of range and continuum of your mental health that we're all on. Just like physical health isn't just about disease and illness, it's also about fitness and strength. Excellent. There is a stigma when we say mental health. So what challenges do you face when talking about mental health, especially in organizations? Yeah, I mean, there there is a stigma. And I think even the word stigma is... I mean, stigma, stigma's literal meaning is, is scars. That's what it means in, in uh-huh. Latin. So yeah. I actually think really the stigma around mental health is people's individual fear and reticence and uncertainty to, to talk about it. You know, there's no, there's no kind of like governing body or political group that are telling us not to talk about mental health. I think there are some environmental factors which, are, which mean people are perhaps don't, but on the whole, it's, it's us as individuals that perhaps aren't talking about our mental health. You know, we're making that conscious choice to, to not share or to not open up or to not talk about our feelings. So I think it's, it's, it's difficult because culturally, mental health has this perception that it's, it's weakness to talk about mental health or because people are uneducated or unaware of mental health, again, is seemed or deemed to be something that is scary or the unknown or if someone talks about their mental health, you know, they're weird or they're a bit crazy or they're a freak, you know, these, these, these words that kind of get banded around. Um, and I think it's, it's for those reasons, really, um, of how we've been looking at mental health probably in the last sort of 50 years. It's a very antiquated and archaic view of mental health that make, are making it difficult for people to currently talk about it. I think that's changing especially in organizations and in the workplace. I think certain companies are wanting to create cultures where you can turn up to work and be yourself. You know, you can talk about mental health openly. And I think there's a real link between that and kind of this vulnerability in leadership 
that's massively linked. I don't think you can talk about mental health in the workplace or mental health at all without being vulnerable in some way, whether that's very vulnerable or just slightly. So, you know, it, it, it's changing, but, you know, it's absolutely still the case in many workplaces and just in many places in general where it's extremely difficult for people to talk about their mental health. Right. And there is a strong link, as you mentioned, between mental health and vulnerability. It is showing up. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. I'm hurt by what you said. Those are difficult things to say in organizations and in meetings. Yeah, they are. Um, And, you know, I, I don't think at the same time, I don't think a kind of healthy functional workplace is created by people oversharing and, you know, spilling everything and talking about absolutely everything at work. I'm not sure that necessarily helps. Mm-hmm. However, I think at the same time, you know, it's it's very well documented that trust and functional teams, the kind of bedrock of that is created by a level of vulnerability. You know, without that, people don't feel psychologically safe. And without that, people aren't going to be able to talk about when they're struggling or when times are hard or they're not going to be able to give feedback. They're not going to be able to, you know, like you said, say I'm angry or I'm upset or I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm grateful or I'm excited. So I actually think, you know, by talking about mental health more openly in the workplace and more openly in general, not only is that great for an individual, it's also it's also great for, for teams and for wider cultures in the workplace. Right, exactly. So vulnerability does create connections. And there you made a very clear link between vulnerability, trust and connections, and that helps people to function better in organizations. What is your story? What made you personally interested in this space? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, um, sort of me five years ago, I don't think I'd ever really used the words vulnerability or trust or connection or mental health. They were just completely foreign to me, to be honest. And, you know, I, I kind of, my sort of journey was went to university and ended up leaving university to start a business and then dive straight into kind of, you know, the, the high pressure world of, of startups. You know, we'd raise investments, we built a team, we suddenly had board meetings and shareholders and all these things that were completely foreign to me. And, you know, the idea of showing vulnerability and saying, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm struggling or I feel isolated or I don't know what we're doing in the next six months or I don't know what our plan is. All of these unknowns and all of this uncertainty and all this anxiety that I've of course felt, you know, being someone young thrust into a leadership position, I just never ever shared that because it just wasn't wasn't how I did it. You know, I didn't think that that's how you did it. I thought that to kind of be successful or to be a, a good leader, you kind of you didn't show any emotion and you just kind of took it all on and you were a rock for everybody else and you kind of served yourself last. That was, that was, you know, how I thought of it. And, you know, like Simon Sinek, who I think is brilliant, but I probably took his notion of leaders eat last very literally, um, (laughs) you know, and didn't really think about myself to be honest and just completely lost sight of myself and, and who I was in the service of trying to build a successful business and, and be good in some way. And eventually we ended up shutting down that business. And I suppose once I shut that down and I was, I was left in this kind of what felt like quite a shameful position for me of in between jobs, you know, not knowing what I wanted to do. And I didn't really want to admit that I'd always been a bit of a go-getter. I'd always been very determined and driven and 
knew exactly what I wanted and very ambitious. And then suddenly I was wallowing really, you know, in, in this kind of limbo state of I dropped out of university, I'd started this business, I'd got all this great experience, but you know, really I was completely lost and, and a shell of my former self, to be honest. And it was in that when I was really kind of hit by all of these feelings that I'd suppressed for a long time, you know, I was hit with anxiety mm-hmm. in particular, you know, I ended up getting another job, but during that job, all of these feelings were just coming up for me, you know, they were really kind of bubbling over the surface and, you know, anxiety was where it really manifested. Um, so I started, I started to have panic attacks, I couldn't sleep, I was very stressed, lots of really kind of negative self-talk, lots of, you know, berating myself and beating myself up and being hard on myself. And you know, in areas of my life, I went and drank too much or, you know, was in unhealthy relationships or relationships that weren't good for me and and didn't ever talk or open up or share or I was never just honest. And, you know, the truth for me at that time in my life was that I was absolutely devastated that I'd shut this business down and I had no idea what I was doing with my life. That was the truth. And um, I never, ever shared that. I just kind of bottled it up thought I'll just continue. I'll keep putting up this front. I'll pretend that I'm doing great. And, you know, on the inside, I was, I was really, I was really struggling. Um, and eventually I did end up sort of coming out, I suppose. And I almost did quite a dramatic and and public act of, (laughs) of vulnerability and openness. And I, you know, started talking about mental health and shared my story and wrote a blog post and, and shared it with the world. And that was, that was quite a big, it was a big day for me in my life. It was it was the start of a, a great period of change and transformation for me. And I, you know, I went from living my life in one way to to kind of living my life a little bit differently. And ended up starting Sanctus from that because of this message and mission that I had about mental health. And yeah, that was the real, you know, that was the real sort of moment where I suppose I found my passion for <laughs> mental health. And and since then, obviously, you know mental health is is massively been at the core of my life both personally and professionally and I suppose I've gone from I feel like I've I've seen many different sides to my own mental health now and other people's. Thank you for sharing your personal story here with us and putting yourself in a vulnerable position once again. That was a huge turn that you made in your life personally. What has been the highest point for you at Sanctus? in Mm. having mental health conversations or in bringing mental health conversations in organizations? I think it's, I think we've seen now over, over the course of two and a half years. So, you know, the way we work is we have a team of Sanctus coaches who, who we place into the workplace to create a safe space for people to come and talk to someone completely impartial, confidential about their mental health. So kind of like having a personal trainer in the office, but it's for your mental health, not for your physical health. And we've been doing that for two and a half years now, work with a whole different, you know, different load of companies in London and, and beyond. And I genuinely believe that in some of the businesses we work with, the perception of mental health has changed. You know, we we work with recruitment businesses where, you know, where it's full of sort of your typical bravado and sales and, and macho culture. Uh-huh. Yet now, through scientists and through other things um, like their leadership and, you know, leaders being vulnerable and and giving people permission to talk about mental health. The conversation around mental health really is normalized. It's, It's a part of their culture. It's a part of the environment of working there. And people talk about 
you know, going to sanctus sessions and speaking to a coach about their mental health, literally like they would go into the gym. So that's not in every business we work with. I'd be lying if I, if I said it was, but there are certainly, you know, businesses we work with and businesses we've seen where that is the case. So I think the highlight really has just been seeing this change and this movement happen around us. And I, I really feel like we're at the forefront of that and, and are one of the protagonists which are leading it, I suppose. And there's a, there's a long way to go. And I, I, you know, I'd hope that there are higher points to come, but certainly seeing the real tangible change and impact on people's lives in some of the organizations we work with is, is, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a very high point. And can you give an example of, about what is the value that people get in having mental health conversations at work? The first one that always springs to mind when people ask me that is in one of our early partners who were a technology business, obviously technology, fierce competition for talent, very difficult in, you know, in London to, Mm-hmm. get people to work for you and then stay there because the number of offers you can get as a as an engineer are just coming in thick and fast you know competition from google That's facebook right. you you know you name it uh, salaries are extremely high the incentive packages are extremely high and in this one business we work with sort of anecdotally when we went to you know talk to them about moving forward with them one of their senior mm-hmm. engineers had come to hr and in their conversations about i don't know whatever, you know, whether it was one-on-one or whatever, in, in conversations they're having with this person, this guy said, look, to be honest, I was going to leave, but, and if it hadn't been for my sanctus sessions at work, then I probably would have. And, you know, that was one of their most talented engineers who I have no idea how much his salary was, but given, given the London market rates would have been minimum, you know, 80 to a hundred thousand pounds a year. And because of that, because of one or two interactions with their mental health, they they made the decision to stay rather than leave. So that's just one example, probably the most, you know, my favorite and, and, and the best one. But I think in general, the value to the business is creating an environment where people feel like they can be their whole self and they can bring their whole self to work. And if people do that, they will feel like they belong. They will want to work somewhere. They will feel cared for. So they'll be less likely to leave. Um, they'll be more motivated. And within teams, they'll foster more trust and connection, which is proven for people to do better work and for teams to be more functional. So the benefits are quite known, I think, to be honest. I think it's more of a cultural change that is what's needed for people to start to really realize why committing to mental health is important for a business. Exactly. As you rightly mentioned, it's a cultural change to talk about emotions, to talk about feelings and also not go overboard about it. Yeah but have a healthy conversation around that rather than reject our failures and stop talking about failures in organizations, include your whole self, bring your whole self to work. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, personally, I feel like that's the workplaces of the future. I think when I look at the generations who are coming up behind us now, people want fulfillment in their work. They want community from where they work. They want purpose, you know, a place that's, that's more than just making money that has, that does social good, environmental good, that thinks about impact. You know, so I think people want to bring all of these different parts of themselves to work. And I think we've seen this in the push for diversity. I think that was probably actually the area that we, we've seen it first. People, you know, from different backgrounds, different heritages, different races want to go to work and be who they are and not have to try and conform and be like everyone else. So I think mental health is, is the next part of that. People, 
wanting to kind of celebrate their difference in the workplace. And I really feel that the next kind of wave of businesses will have that at their core because at the end of the day, I just think that's what people want from work now. Right. One of the biggest challenges I have seen with my customers is that we don't have any time. They want the change to happen in their organizations. And yet at the same time, the amount of time they have to invest in such kind of conversations is very low. Yeah. What yeah. Have, uh, what, how <laughs> have you managed to yeah. get around those conversations? You're right. I think in a, in a lot of businesses, people are very time poor. You know, it's, oh, that sounds like a good idea, but, you know, I've got a client meeting or I need to travel or, or whatever. You know, you, you touched on the word then, and I think it's the, the most important word and it's the most important set of people to make any kind of change in an organization and it's leadership. At the end of the day, if leadership are bought in and leadership believe that something's important and they want to make something happen, then they will find the time because it will be a it will be a strategic business decision. So I think from what we've seen, the single most important thing for a business's culture towards mental health and, and then more broadly, if it's towards mental health, also towards, you know, bringing your feelings into the workplace or opening up about yeah, your mental health or diversity or, or whatever it might be, anything that kind of touches on, you know, a more holistic view of work, it has to start at the top. There's no other way that it, it can begin. You know, you can have some grassroots movements in a business and people often vote with their feet and leave. However, for any change to happen, it has to come from the top because they've got the power, they've got the influence. And ultimately, especially to do with mental health, people in leadership positions will give people permission to follow in their footsteps. So if leadership deem it okay to take time out of the day to go and talk to someone about your mental health, for example, if not only they endorse that, but they do it themselves and role model it, then the -hmm. people who work alongside them, who are in their sphere of influence, will feel comfortable and have permission to do the same. And that creates cultural change. Without that, it cannot happen. Exactly. So the whole organization becomes developmental. It's accepting that we all have a gap that we need to close and we all need to work towards closing that gap. Leaders included in the picture. Excellent. Yeah. But the leaders have to start it, I think, you know, and they have to endorse it because they're the ones that have got the power and the influence to do so. And without that, the change, the change will be stunted. I had Bob Anderson, one of the podcasts, and he said, leaders set the weather of the organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, a hundred percent. And then that's, it, you know, it's in their, it's in their actions, it's in their behavior, it's in their attitude to things and, and they will set the tone. Absolutely. So what's one tip that people can implement to feel more healthy and have more <laughs> healthy conversations? Uh, it's always, always a tough one with, with any, any one tip. Um, I think, you know, I think with your mental health, everyone's different, you know, so what works for one person is going to be completely different to others. I think the best advice I've ever been given is, is really to just start where you're at. And I think for all of us, when we hear the phrase mental health, something kind of comes up for us in some way. And I think a really good sort of tip for people is to kind of just follow your nose, really, and just kind of follow your intuition. You know, for some people, when you think about working on your own mental health, it might be that you've heard of meditation and you've always been keen to give that a try, or you've heard about journaling, or there was a book that sparked your interest once that you've not read, or, you know, there was a friend of yours that, you know, had a problem with their mental health and you've always wanted to ask them about it. And, and, you know, maybe you do that. I think there's so many different places that you can start. So you really have to kind of follow your nose on it. 
So mm-hmm. I think, however, having said that, again, that's me being quite vague. I do think that the three things that people can do that are quite practical and offer a good kind of gateway into mental health. And you don't have to do all these, but you could kind of choose one as like a tapas of, of mental health. I think personally, the one that I think is the most impactful on yourself and on others is just an open conversation with someone about mental health. And, and again, you know, that can, that can start where you are. It could be, oh, I listened to this podcast and these two people were talking about mental health. It was really interesting. You know, this is what, how I felt towards it. What do you think? Or I felt like this recently or, you know, it could be anything. Um, or I think the other two that are the most probably widespread is one meditation um, as a way of raising your own awareness to kind of how you feel basically. And secondly, journaling, you know, taking that time to kind of start to connect with your thoughts and your feelings and just writing them down in a, in a space that is by its very nature completely for you. You know, it's, it's literally a blank sheet of paper conversations are like a seed. And if you water that seed, then a thought grows. And then from that thought, there's an action and there's a belief that is sold. So have open conversations about mental health. It's a great seed that you're planting. And take that further and journal. Thanks very much, James, for being here with us. Would you like to share one last message before you go? If I could share one message, it would be that we all have mental health, every single one of us. And that is the perception, I think, that needs to change. Thanks for being here. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. I really enjoyed that. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to know more how you can meet your potential, check out www.meetmypotential.com. That's www.meetmypotential.com. Join us again. And until then, stay cool.